0: I don't know. Yes, indeed, there are more questions than answers. Like are all bonsai lovers tolerant people because they hate bigotry? Hi America, (laughs) hello world. (laughs) Off to a winning start. My name is Adrian Lee and I am your host. Welcome to the show More Questions Than Answers, the only paranormal quiz show anywhere in the world. Each week my guests and I will search the world's newspapers, websites and TV shows just for you. To bring you the very best in paranormal talk, radio, entertainment and enlightenment. We will then test each other's knowledge of the week's events of the mysterious, strange, supernatural, unusual, bizarre and just plain weird. If you have just tuned in especially to hear the show then I admire your taste. If you have just tuned in by accident then I admire your luck. We are huddled under a quilt with a large flashlight and a nice cup of tea with tonight's guests somewhere in the barren wildernesses of the Midwest Plains with the sound of my mother snoring distantly from the room next door. So snuggle under your covers, turn out your light and hold on tight. The rules are very simple. Points will be awarded randomly for being interesting and for making me laugh or shiver in horror. Extra points will be available for shock and all value. To help me control my rowdy panel of recidivists and reprobates, I will employ what I have called the inappropriate bell. An example of this would be, the panel have no idea what's coming. I have no idea what stories they have for tonight's show and we are completely live and unedited. What could possibly go wrong? Let me start by introducing tonight's guest panel. Firstly, the mysterious and effervescent Heather Morris. She has been a paranormal investigator for many years with her own team called Hellhound Investigations. She does all of her best work in the shadows and is now one of the leading audio and EVP experts with the International Paranormal Society and brings her knowledge and research skills to tonight's show. Heather has spent all week reading Fifty Shades of Grey. There must be a gag in there somewhere. Welcome to the show, Heather. <laughs> Hello, master of the points. Master of the points. It's taken you three years to realize that we're running an autonomous dictatorship in terms of the points and how they're point? distributed. A point for what? What, for saying hello? <laughs> I don't think so. If you're interesting, if you're funny, if there's moments of shock and awe, then I points, showed up, didn't I? You did show up. That is a moment of shock and awe. <laughs> Heather starts with a resounding minus one. <laughs> We also have with us the analytical and sceptical mind of Kim Gore. Kim is also a talented and valued member of the International Paranormal Society. People scoffed when Kim said she had found the secret to invisibility. If only they could see her now. (laughs) Welcome to the show. Hello, Kim, I love this show. I hope you have as much fun listening as we do creating this beast finally on tonight's show i wish to introduce the calm and unflappable greg gore he's married to kim and we shall see if this is still the case after tonight's show greg is a paranormal investigator and tech expert he owns and operates more cameras and leads than the bbc outside broadcast department He is also a sound engineer and producer greg is like a laptop if you don't touch him for 10 minutes he goes to sleep welcome to the show greg <laughs> We are on show 28, series 2, show 28. I looked up 28. 28 is a very fascinating number. 28 is the second perfect number. How you can be second yet be a perfect number is beyond me. That's an oxymoron. You can't be a perfect number and be the second perfect number. I'd like to tell our listeners what perfect numbers are, but I read what perfect numbers are, and even after reading it, I have no clue. (laughs) I have no clue. My intellect level does not stretch to perfect numbers. To give you a clue of where we are, the first perfect number is apparently number six. And the third perfect number after 28 is 496. So how they come by those things, I have no idea. People are welcome to write to me, of course, if they have any idea what perfect numbers are. But 28 apparently is the second perfect number in maths. We call it maths in Britain. You call it math over here, don't you? That's correct. Yet it's mathematics. It's short for mathematics, so it's always going to be maths, right? It can't be math.
1: Math it's... is still a shortened version of mathematics. Yeah.
0: <laughs> I see where we are. Everyone's <laughs> starting the po- Minus a point for Kim, because nobody likes a smart ass. <laughs> Absolutely. There are 28 countries in the European Union, so uh, I'll give you a point for everyone you can name. Okay. (laughs) I have two postal or one's an ex-postal worker with us at the moment. 28 is the postal code for which city in Europe? Have a guess. Closest one wins. Cities in Europe with the postal code of 28.
1: That wouldn't be a code that we would use. All of our codes have three numbers.
0: I know that. I'm asking you for the postal code of 28 for a city in Europe. Any city, just name a country, anything at this stage. Throw me a bone, help me out. This point's to be had. Italy. Italy is a country, well done. You're going to narrow that down by cities or? I'll give you a minute. Florence. Florence, that is in Italy, well done. It's not where 28 is. Oh. Kim, would you like to hazard a guess? <laughs> I'll
1: pass. Pass <laughs> on any
0: country in Europe, fabulous. Greg, <laughs> over my left shoulder, any thoughts on a country in Europe? No. Well, on the back of the I'm fact. The <laughs> Heather's the closest because, in fact, she provided an answer. Wow, it's for Madrid. (laughs) If you're writing a letter to Madrid in Spain, 28 is what you need. There are 28 numbers or letters, should I say, in the Danish and Swedish alphabets, making alphabet noodles and alphabet soup a better value for money in Scandinavia. Do you remember, I think it may have been last week, we were talking about the national game for countries. It Mm -hmm. may have been a couple of weeks ago now, all merges into one after a while. Dominoes, There are 28 dominoes. Do you remember we discussed dominoes being Mm -hmm. perhaps the national game of America? And I said, I don't think dominoes is an American game. We talked about Scrabble being American and Monopoly being American. Any guesses? You're not very good on your countries, but any guesses where – I look this up especially because I don't like these things hanging in the air. This is more questions than answers. South America. Well, that's a continent, but I'm happy to give you that. Any other guesses? Where does dominoes come from? Any thoughts? Okay, it's going to be a long show. (laughs) It's originally Chinese. They oh found, God, they found yeah. examples of dominoes going back thousands of years in Chinese yeah. culture. Yep. Apparently, it was brought to Italy. If you'd have said your last answer, you'd have gained some points. See. It was brought to Italy by missionaries that went out to China and then came back. They have found examples of dominoes in Italy in the 18th and 17th century. But it is a Chinese game. Who knew so many things were interesting about the number? 28
2: did you know i never knew how to play dominoes and when my grandparents got me a set of dominoes all i did was set them up so i could tip them over
0: yes but you only had 28 to play with apparently you wasn't going up and down the <laughs> stairs or in and out of the bedrooms no, you just no. had, the whole thing must have been done and dusted within minutes
2: yeah it takes an hour to set up and two seconds to knock over
0: <laughs> how was your honeymoon Oh, early in the show. (laughs) Now, we don't normally advertise the events we do. We don't like to have our show driven by ego. But I do want to mention that we have some events coming up because obviously this is our busiest time. As paranormal investigators, uh, we are very busy around Halloween. It's like being Santa Claus at Christmas. Everyone wants Santa Claus leading up to Christmas. Come January, nobody wants you, do they? So we have a lot of events coming up. We are very busy over the halloween period if people want to see where we're going to be we're doing lots of events lots of ghost hunts we're going to be in uh, red wing mm-hmm. there on the wisconsin border in minnesota we're going to be up in walker at the chase on the lake resort up by bemidji we've got events at the Christie house which is in long prairie if people wish mm-hmm. to see where we're going to be and they can book tickets to come and see us we'll be doing ghost hunting we'll be doing lectures and having fun weekends they can go to our website which is int int net, and all of our events are listed on there. I do want to give a shout out as well before we start to all our listeners all over the world. We don't often give shout outs either, but we have listeners in every part of Europe, South America, Australasia, all over America. So I do want to thank you. And if you'd like to spread the word, we are on Twitter, of course, on Adrian underscore Lee underscore tips. We have a Facebook site, all of tonight's stories And much, much more will be listed. That's More Questions Than Answers with Adrian Lee on Facebook. And I do want to ask you, if you listen to the show and you enjoy the show, I love your comments. You leave me lots of fabulous comments on Facebook. We have an email site which no one ever writes to.
2: <laughs> With Twitter and, and
0: Facebook, it's just so easy to go on there and exchange right. messages. That we do have a specific email for more questions and answers. It's MQTA at rocketmail.com. How many have you got? Well let's let's start by saying we have sixty three thousand followers on Twitter. On Facebook at the moment, I think we're up to something like four thousand six hundred and fifty. In the last 12 months, I've had not a single person <laughs> email me on mqta at rocketmail.com. It's almost redundant.
2: Well, they can send you messages on Facebook. Absolutely. It's so. like the
0: CD. It's, it's, it's old technology. It's, it's redundant now. So we do have that, but it is underused. And yeah. I don't mind that if people wish to contact me. The point I was making is that if you love the show, and obviously we're going out live on Dark Matter Radio, if you'd just like to share the fact that we're going out live. And if you like the show, please share um, our archives with people. I'd really appreciate that. And other people can enjoy the fun and the shenanigans and the madness that is more questions than answers. Of course, our archives are on SoundCloud, soundcloud soundcloud.com. And if you type in MQTA radio, the last three years worth of shows are on there. Heather, it looks like you're bursting to come out and
2: well, we do promote SoundCloud quite a lot, but we also are available on TuneIn Radio uh, or the TuneIn app, as well as iTunes. This is true. So,
0: Yes, I direct people to SoundCloud because that's the one that I go and look at and the one that I access the <laughs> right. show on. Quality control, you know how things right, are. Right, right. I have to say, we had such fun Doing the last section, we do a section of the show called Not For Your Mother, which can't be put out live on air. So there's an extra 20 minutes of the show after we've left and we've gone off at the top of the hour. We stay on air and do an extra 20 to 25 minutes in a round called Not For Your Mother that can only be accessed in our archives because it's so laden with innuendo. It's the stories from around the world of the week that have sexual content in them or things your mother just wouldn't want to hear. But it's so fabulous not to read them out. I have to say that uh, last week's show, this isn't in our archives yet. It's going to be put up there. But in last week's show, we had a a final 20 to 25 minutes. I have to say, that's the funniest 20 to 25 minutes of my life. We were laughing so hard. There must have been 10 (laughs) minutes of dead air. Sorry. All you can hear is me going, (laughs) and people crying and coughing for air in the background. So if you get a chance to go onto our archives when I post last week's show that's definitely worth a listen but that's on soundcloud And as heather quite rightly says we have many formats you can access us in many many places we have a show to do we have a round called ghosts and hauntings it's the stories from around the world that contains phantoms apparitions entities and all kinds of ghosts and ghouls you are on minus one heather as is a kim Is also on minus one. So by default, I've not done anything yet. And Greg and myself are tied for the lead. Who knew on a resplendent zero? I will start tonight's proceedings. Ghost of a hooded monk photographed in remote farmhouse building where 18th century priests tried to escape persecution. Is this the ghost of a monk staring out of an abandoned farmhouse? The hooded figure was snapped lurking in the window of a remote former seminary where 18th century priests tried to escape being hunted and murdered by government soldiers. Although there is no record of any dying violently at the abandoned Scallon Seminary in the Scottish Highlands, a teacher called John Patterson died there of natural causes in 1783. A website for the seminary states, he was a tall man and he needed a long coffin, and such a coffin would not fit through the lower door and into the narrow corridor and the steep staircase. What they're suggesting is they laid the coffin outside and they brought the body to the coffin. They couldn't get it through. It's like if anyone who's ever tried to bring a double fridge through a house up a flight of steps and into the kitchen will know the problem of long coffins. And I get the feeling. It's almost like a game of darts. You put the coffin on the floor, open the lid. You look up to where the second floor bedroom window is. John gets pushed out the window. You're trying to aim for the coffin. Do you see what I mean? Mm -hmm. (laughs) You put the lid on, nail it down, and you're off to the cemetery. All good fun. But what the suggestion is, it never says this, but the suggestion is he came to the coffin rather than the coffin going to him. The remote farmhouse lies deep in the hills and can only be reached by a half-mile walk up a rough farm track. Not only have they had to bring this man's body back in 1783 to the coffin... It's then half a mile of walk through rough, muddy ground. I mean, it's not looking good, is it? Just bury him there. You'd think if he was feeling a little bit poorly and a bit under the weather, that he'd have crawled (laughs) out to the edge of his farmland and thought, if I'm going to go, I'll make it easy for everyone. (sighs)
2: He's not a dog in the wild.
0: (laughs) Neil Robertson sparked a huge debate after he posted the snap on Facebook and wrote the old Scallon Seminary. Top left-hand window, any thoughts? Amy Windsor wrote a hooded monk. It was a seminary, after all. Marie Handlin wrote a hooded figure I've seen similar before. Nicola Murray posted, definitely looks like someone at the window, spooky. But others were less convinced, with Martin Parsons joking, someone in a tiger onesie. While some even suggested it looked like a member of the Ku Klux Klan. Although I don't believe the Ku Klux Klan were operational in Scotland during the 18th century. It's always a monk or a nun, isn't it? Have you ever noticed that? Or a white lady. It just reminds me, of Borley Rectory. You must have heard of Borley Rectory in yeah, Essex. Yeah, I it's knew it's, somebody it's that one of the most haunted there, yep. mm-hmm. Really?
2: It's gone now, isn't it? Has it has gone. You're yeah. right, it
0: burnt down in nineteen thirty nine. There was a fire. Mm-hmm. The church is still there in the graveyard, but the rectory just has the foundations. I don't know if you remember the stories of Borley Rectory. It's claimed to be the most haunted building.
2: And there's monks that supposedly still That's walk right. the grounds. Absolutely. Yeah. Mm-hmm.
0: And there was a suggestion I think there was a nunnery and the monks and the nuns used to get together and there was a bit of shenanigans. But there was a famous incident back in 1920s. There was a guy sat in the drawing room, the parlour. Do you know why it's called the drawing room, by the way? Any thoughts? Because they sketch? Well, they withdraw after dinner. So it's the drawing room. Okay. It's the <laughs> withdrawing room.
2: <laughs> yeah, okay. If that
0: makes sense. Yep. You sit there with a port and a cigar and your cheese and it's after, it's withdrawing after dinner is what it is. He said he was sat in the drawing room. He looked through the lead glass windows of the rectory he said there was a nun's face looking at him through the window and it looked like she had pain she was clutching her jaw now as you quite rightly said heather the fire there was in 1939 and when they were raking through the foundations and all the charred timbers they found skeletons that they think may have been on the land and one of them was a woman and when they analyzed her skull it showed that she had abscesses in her mouth and had toothache. So I find that quite remarkable. But mm-hmm. that's very famous. A gentleman called Harry Price was a paranormal investigator. who investigated the place in 1929. He is seen as the kind of archetypal first kind of paranormal investigator. There's not much going on in the world of paranormal investigating before 1929. He kind of put the genre on the map. Does that all make sense?
2: Yeah, sure. Mm-hmm.
0: I have to say, has anyone seen that James Bond film with Roger Moore where he's in Greece? I think it was 1980. I can't remember the name of it. There's been so many. There's a monastery on the top of a mountain. And this mountain basically looks like a chimney. It's just like a big piece of stone that goes up into the air. And on the top of it, there's a little monastery. Do you remember? And in the James Bond film, he has to climb up outside using mountaineering equipment. No. Yep. no recollection kim's yes. nodding you're not getting points for that by the way <laughs> i've been to greece i have been to this monastery there's a basket you sit in there's a rope and they pull you up thousands of thousands of feet in the air in a basket so i'm sat there in a basket dangling thousands of feet above the air the rope's fraying the pulley's rusty you're when full I, of beans. It's true. When I get to the top, I say to the monk, how often do you change the rope? And he says, well, only when it breaks. <laughs> I thought it was quite amusing. <laughs> it doesn't make <laughs> you want rough. to go, does it? But this is true. This is true. By the end I... of the night, Greg, I need a list of all the Roger Moore films, please. And I'll tell you the name of the Roger Moore film that was. James Bond, Roger Moore. I shall give myself points. Heather, it looks like you're about yeah, to.
2: I would have to say that I saw your picture in relation to this article. Oh, yes,
0: of course, yes.
2: And it's a Jawa.
0: Oh, you're obsessed with Jawas. But it is a Jawa. These are short midget aliens with little cows over them that go around looking for scrap on the deserts of Tantooine. It's still a Jawa. If people wish to see the monk (laughs) stroke Jawa, they are welcome to do so, because I have posted this story on our Facebook site, more questions than answers. Go
2: on, agree with me, it's a Jawa.
0: Adrian Lee. Well, to be fair, there's a fine line between a Jawa... And a monk? And a monk. I mean, they are. <laughs> Maybe the only difference is about three foot, to be perfectly honest. But there is there is very minor differences. I don't see monks wandering around the desert looking for scrap droids, to be fair. <laughs> These are not the droids you're looking for. Fabulous. Nice. What have you got tonight for me in the round of ghosts and hauntings?
2: <sighs> well, I have a family that smashes into a coffin after hearing the dead teenager screaming from inside. Footage shows grieving family members breaking through the concrete tomb where Nezi Perez, 16, had been heard banging and screaming. Relatives who removed the girl's corpse found that the glass viewing window on her coffin had been smashed.
0: Who wants a glass viewing corpse? And the tips.
2: A a glass glass viewing viewing corpse? corpse. Well, not many, apparently.
0: (laughs) Yes, they're very rare and difficult to find. Glass breaks so easily.
2: And the tips of her fingers were actually bruised family members however were too late and the 16 year old died for the second time despite efforts by desperate relatives to save her
0: is it a two-for-one offer on crossing overs? you know we'll do your grandmother and your granddad at the same time buy one get one free crossing overs no half price this week
2: she was not dead
0: she was buried alive she's not come back for a third go is she is what i'm saying
2: i you're making me
0: sad i'm sorry it's your story
2: (laughs) Medics found no signs of life after examining her again, and she was returned to the cemetery to be reburied. Oh, no. Yeah, Mrs. Perez, or Miss Perez, who was three months pregnant, now keep in mind she was only 16, reportedly fell unconscious after waking up in the night to use the outside toilet at her home in La Entra, Where is Western this? Honduras. Oh,
0: Honduras. Yes. Okay. Yep.
2: It is believed she may have collapsed in an apparent panic attack after hearing a burst of gunfire in the nearby town. That sounds
0: like Honduras.
2: Uh, But when the teenager started foaming at the mouth, her religious parents called the local priest, believing she had become possessed by an evil spirit. Relatives told how the priest tried to exorcise her, but she later became lifeless and was rushed to the hospital, where three hours later, the doctors declared her dead. So Miss Perez was buried in a wedding dress she had recently got married in. So she's 16, she's pregnant, she died, and she was married.
0: That's a lot to get through in one lifetime.
2: I know. A day after her funeral, her husband, Rudy Gonzalez, was visiting her. He heard banging and muffled screams from the inside of her concrete tomb, and he raised an alarm.
0: Concrete?
2: Yeah, it was a concrete tomb that she was put in. Uh, Mr. Gonzalez told the local TV news, as I put my hand on her grave, I could hear noises inside. I heard banging. Then I heard her voice. She was screaming for help.
0: Oh, that's grim. You always come up with these stories.
2: I can't I go to the toilet anymore. <laughs> now you can't go to the toilet. No, I can't them. die. This is terrible.
0: <laughs> I, can't, I have to hover now. When I go to the bathroom, I have to check to see what's down there. We've had three years of octopus and snakes. Octopi. And- there's things that come out of the toilet and climb up your bottom and hold all night parties. I can't. Yes. have to hover.
2: You're lucky I didn't bring that story about the guy who was looking for an iPhone to be mailed to him. And he opened the box and it was a tarantula.
0: Wow. Easy mistake to make. Lucky I he didn't know, put right? it to his ear, right? <laughs> you <laughs> Can know. you hear the C?
2: <laughs> now, Mr. Gonzalez said he convinced himself that the screams were coming from somewhere else. I never imagined that there was someone alive in there. They actually took her to the hospital in the coffin. They took her out of the coffin, put her on the bed, ran her through some tests, declared her dead once again. Can I
0: have a second opinion? Put begin? her
2: back in the coffin, sent her back to the cemetery.
0: Do you think she'll get charged for two funerals?
2: I hope not, I but bet probably they, because they smashed that that's tomb That's right, to and they've had to
0: dig it up and yeah. bury it again and dig it up. I bet they get two bills. would be ridiculous.
2: They believe she actually died the second time uh, from a lack of oxygen after waking up inside her coffin and being and her, bitten on the ear by a tarantula yeah, her, her fingernails were all bloody from trying to claw out and this is grim thank you for terrible, cheering everyone up and it? all the
0: listeners around the world I'm sure everyone's you want really to happy know about
2: this this is interesting
0: this is where vampires come from they that's, believe
2: that's probably right this is where
0: vampires come from yeah. because people were buried obviously back in the day when they weren't dead this is where the term yeah. being saved by the bell comes from. Because they'd have bells attached to the coffins. Right. And if they rang the bell, they'd come and dig them up. So saved by the bell comes from that process. If you dig up a coffin and there's, you know, your fingernails are bleeding and you may have been tearing at your clothing. And they right. look at that and think, oh, vampire. Do you see what I mean? Right,
2: right. Um, they actually had a theory that she may have had some sort of, is it catatonic seizure or something like I'll go with that. Like that. Um, where her body froze up, maybe stopped her heartbeat for a while. It was just enough time for them to declare her dead. And then they went and buried her, and then she snapped out of it.
0: It's very interesting. I, I spoke to an ER doctor a couple of years ago, and we had a long discussion about what it is to be dead because she has to make the decision about when someone's dead or not. And she said, it's just almost impossible. You have to take so many things into consideration. You know, are they brain dead? Has their heart stopped? Because you can keep someone alive if they're brain dead. You can keep someone alive, you know, if they you can breathe for them artificially. There's so many ways now in which you can be kept alive. It's a mixture of many things and not just one anymore. Right. So it's an incredibly, it's not just cut and dried, you're alive or you're dead, black and white. There's a real grey area about what it is. To be dead. And I've been reading stories out on the news like this for the last seven or eight years. And there was a guy in France, they were about to harvest his organs in a mortuary and he came round.
2: Don't you remember the guy that was actually in the morgue getting ready to be um, embalmed? And yes. he unzipped himself out of the body bag, remember? Went
0: to McDonald's, came back, zipped himself up again. I know, <laughs> I, I remember. I, I
2: don't think he, did, he died a, a day or so later, yes, but yeah. A shock. Well, yeah, exactly. Wasn't there a guy who
0: dropped it? in Africa as well? You often hear cases of people stumbling out of the tomb, you know, with the bandages wrapped around them and the embalming process and people screaming and running in all directions, like dropping a big box of whoppers on the Walmart floor and seeing them all go in different places.
2: Oh, sure. And it must be in Honduras that they don't have an embalming at all.
0: I'm afraid my knowledge of embalming in Honduras is very limited, but I will do some reading We'll <laughs> get back to you for next week's show. There's
2: more questions than answers. By the way, the
0: James Bond film was for your eyes only. If you go and see the monastery he climbed up, it's in for your eyes only.
2: Thank you, Greg.
0: I like Greece. It's a fabulous country. I like all the food. It's like eating things that are wrapped in leaves. You said it was hot. Of course it's hot. It's the hottest place. I've been to North Africa. I've been to India. I think... Going to Greece in the summer was probably the hottest place I've ever been. It was ridiculous. At night time, it's so warm you cannot get to sleep. I found myself filling up the bath with cold water, dipping my blankets and sheets into the cold water, wrapping myself up like a mummy and sleeping on the cold terracotta floor, only to find myself completely bone dry and hot. Ten minutes later, steam! Steam! would come off of you as you slept on the floor with a wet blanket around you it was ridiculous I've never known heat like it
2: but it's a fabulous country
0: it is it's the birth of civilization (laughs) you could argue the Olympics and everything else Dennis Roussos I mean what more could you want there you go fabulous Kim what have you got for me tonight in the round of ghosts and hauntings
1: Ghost Train, Spooky Shadows and Moving Carriage resembles resembles a scene from a horror film.
0: Ghost Trains originally, of course, back in the day, was an excuse in the nineteen forties and fifties to have a bit of a canoodle with your loved ones in the dark. It's like what? the tunnel of love.
2: Of what's course, a canoodle? What's
0: a canoodle? You must know what a canoodle <laughs> is. They go you go paddling on one. Is that the... shenanigans? That's shenanigans. Canoodling in is, is, you know, kissing and kind of, you know. Back in the day, you couldn't just – not like now where there's people actually fornicating and practicing the physical arts in the middle of the park and the police come along and the or guy on looks on a beach up. in Florida. Yes, and you say, just give me two more minutes, I'm nearly there. It's Back in the day, you couldn't even hold a girl's hand in public. So they'd have things like Tunnel of Love and ghost trains. And while you was in there, you weren't paying much attention to the ghosts. You were in there kind of, you know, the woman was scared, you put your arm around her, you know, the smell of – Brill cream filled the air. It was a joy. I miss the good old days, I tell you. Not that I was around in the 1950s, but Uh. yes. Wasn't the world much better when Britain had... Brill cream. (laughs) Yes. Excellent. Can't deny it. The world was so much better when we owned two-thirds of the world's <laughs> landmass. Things have just gone downhill since the British Empire crumbled. Sorry, Kim, there's a story in there. Ghost trains, please continue.
1: It may look like a spooky scene from a horror movie, but these creepy shadows appeared on a moving train in real life. The eerie footage was filmed on a moving train in Russia. Captured from one end of an aisle, it shows light flickering in and out of the windows while the carriage hurdles along.
0: Who knew that there'd be light flickering in and out of a carriage as the train moves along?
1: It appears as though something is moving towards the camera, providing a genuinely unsettling effect. And it is made even creepier by the fact that the train is an old-fashioned model complete with retro compartments. However, the film was recorded on a ghost train. The effect is merely the result of light passing through the windows as the train moves along. My thoughts exactly.
0: No points for you. This is a very interesting... I have seen this footage. I'll let you continue. I have seen this. It is creepy. If people wish to see... This video footage, they can go to our Facebook site, more questions and answers with Adrian Lee, and they can actually see this taking place. But you're absolutely right. It's like this darkness coming down the corridor is outrageous.
1: Um, on Reddit, the video is quickly rising with many members using the footage to make creepy memes by adding horror film imagery, such as the young twin girls from classic film The Shining.
0: There we go. <laughs> so looks fun, Johnny. Absolutely. I've been on Russian trains. When I was younger, 21, I went on the Warsaw Express. You pick it up in Amsterdam, goes through Copenhagen, goes through Germany, ends up in Warsaw in Poland. This was just at the fall of the Iron Curtain. My God, it was rough. Unbelievable. It was like chickens and it's like a Woody Allen film. I was sat there you know there's a big Russian woman opposite me snoring there's a guy in the corner chewing gum it's almost like the vacation film where they're in that carriage and Chevy Chase is playing <laughs> with the cigarette you know the cigarette holder right, and the, right. you know the ashtray and the little girl's blowing bubbles and the boy's got his Walkman on and the wife's there folding the new- it was like that it was unbelievable there was a, an, a Russian guy on the train who opened up a tin with a giant knife and I swear to God, it was the most foul-smelling meat I've ever smelt in my life. I think it was a tin of whale meat or something. So like the worst 22 hours of my life. I had to scrub myself after I got off that train. But it was good, and it gives me a chance to talk about things 25 years later. I have a story that says man with van haunted by poltergeists believes that are now trying to kill him. A man who believes his van is haunted by demonic entities has appealed for help before he is killed. Paul Friday, who runs a wheelie bin cleaning company, do you know what wheelie bins are?
2: Is that garbage?
0: Yeah, it's garbage. It's stuff you put outside your house and they come along and it's on wheels and everything gets taken away. But his job is to clean them. He gets employed. He claims the ghouls moved from his home into his van after a medium from a local church exorcised them. And now he believes they're trying to kill him after switching to haunting him personally. I have some experience of this. I've told you before, I'll mention this very briefly. We were sent to a house about five years ago in Woodbury in the Twin Cities in Minnesota. And we arrived and the woman that was there claimed there was dark demonic entities in her house. She said she had been attacked by a ghost swarm of bees, of all things. I'd never heard of that before in my life. So I was there with a pastor. And as you know, I have a background as well. christianity we went around the house cleared everything blessed everything we anointed all the doors the windows the chimneys in anointing oil did all of the full works in latin we saw the entities that were meant to be in the house now in the garage and walking around the house so we then had to go out there as well so it comes as no surprise to me that if they exercised the house that they would naturally go towards the garage or they would then go towards the vehicle so i can believe some of this from my own personal experiences. The 54-year-old also claims he was left with no choice but to scrap the full transit and all of his work equipment after a string of terrifying incidents, including having his brakes tampered with and the van being doused with a gallon of gas by demonic entities. I wonder if he's upset his wife recently. <clears throat> it seems odd to me. Demonic entities bring with them all the powers of Hades. The gates of Hades open. You've got the sulphur the animal noises, they have all the dark powers. Mm-hmm. Why would they mess around with these brakes and douse his van in gas? Doesn't I make any sense, more physicality stuff, isn't it? Yeah. How many demonic entities do you know with the talons on the wings getting underneath the car and saying, oh, we must have messed around with the brake servos?
2: <laughs> have you got the manual? <laughs>
0: Cracky, I don't see that. He said it all started about 12 months ago when he bought a new generator. It kept breaking and when I took it to be repaired, the wires were all ruined. After getting it fixed, it happened again, and the repairman said, It must be a ghost. Obviously, this is a highly trained <laughs> paranormal expert that is or the generator really repairman. repairman. There you go. This repairman has a basic working knowledge, obviously, of demonic entities. It's one of those generator repairmen, stroke demonologists that you read so much about. Mm. Strange things started happening in the house. And by the way, there's a world of difference between a ghost. And a demonic entity, in my opinion. Demonic entities are non-human. Right? Ghosts are spirits that you can see. They're physical spirits of dead people. So there is a world of difference there. Strange things started happening in the house and in the van. So I called someone out from a spiritualist church. They said they'd sent the spirits to the light and that they were gone. But things kept happening in my van. The spiritualist called Wendy. By the way, Wendy, the name Wendy did not exist before J.M. Barry wrote about Wendy in the Peter Pan series. The name Wendy has no etymology whatsoever. Really? Yeah, it doesn't, it doesn't mean anything. He made that name up for the Peter Pan book. Huh? That's how that come about. Spent half an hour in the back of there and came out physically drained. Greg, have you ever spent half an hour in the back of a van and come out physically drained?
2: Oh. She <laughs> said that the spirit
0: was very powerful and that the best advice was probably to get rid of it. Paul originally tried to get rid of the van by selling it on eBay, but claims that the poltergeist sabotaged his efforts. It's a poltergeist now. It's gone from a ghost to a demonic entity to a a poltergeist. Sabotaged his efforts by ripping up the floor of the van. My friend put it on eBay for me, and the next day I opened up the back of the van, and the floor had been ripped up. So I ended up scrapping the whole lot. Now, Paul is appealing for help in getting rid of the ghost. It's back to a ghost. He said, I just needed somebody to help me. It's becoming dangerous. I honestly think they're trying to kill me. I did investigate an ice cream van once. Do you know what ice cream vans are? They're very common in Britain and Europe. They play the music and they go around the streets. My parents were so cruel to me and so poor that they said when I heard the ice cream man music, it meant they'd sold out. (sighs)
2: That's
0: really cruel, isn't it? This is what I have to put up with as a child. I did investigate a haunted ice cream van. (laughs) I found the man. The man apparently had died. He was found covered in chopped nuts, raspberry syrup, and chocolate sauce. And I spoke to his spirit, and apparently he topped himself.
1: Boo.
0: (laughs) That ends the round that is ghosts and hauntings. We sprint into the round that is UFOs and cryptozoology. It's green men. It's Hairy Beasties. Heather, you are currently on one point. What have you got tonight for me in the round of UFOs and cryptozoology?
2: I'm a little bit speechless after your last joke. (laughs) That's
0: a joy, isn't it? If you throw enough stuff at the wall, something will stick. There will be someone out there that finds that very... I'm stepping
2: in a lot of stuff now. (laughs) Are you?
0: You are only on one point. It's difficult for me to take points away. You have to gain a few before I can remove them again.
2: (laughs) Man wraps his house in foil to ward off aliens.
0: Not to roast his family.
2: I don't think he has one. Oh, fair enough. (laughs) A 78-year-old hermitage man has been fined after using spotlights and tinfoil to deter extraterrestrials. Did you know that deters them?
0: I I understand it's something to do with waves, like radio waves, alpha waves. Yeah, Yeah, it blocks waves. EMF, electrical magnetic fields.
2: (laughs) It is not uncommon to hear someone being referred to as a tinfoil hat wearer if they appear to be overly paranoid about something, but for one elderly Pennsylvania resident, the area of using tinfoil for protection has been taken perhaps a little too far. The 78-year-old Arthur Brown has managed to draw the ire of his neighbor's by plastering the silver material across large parts of his house in the belief that it will help to ward off hostile aliens.
0: Why would they have an interest in a gentleman, called Arthur Brown, living in Pennsylvania? Artie Brown. Good old Artie Brown. Let's go and bug (laughs) him again. They're joyriding. The aliens, the young ones, the teenage ones, are taking their parents' UFOs. They're driving out to strange remote places, landing and going, ooh, look at me, look at me, to people that will never believe they've seen a UFO. Yes. They're having fun with this.
2: Well, they love Artie. Artie Brown. Artie Brown. He has also set up actually a series of spotlights that he routinely turns on and shines across the street.
0: I bet his neighbors are happy with that.
2: (laughs) His neighbors are not very happy. Actually, there's a... Read a little bit of a follow-up to this story. His neighbor is actually is an elderly lady that's trying to sell her home to get a condo, and nobody will buy it because when they come look at her house, they see the fruitcake across the street. We're not
0: buying your house. You that's live right. opposite Artie Brown.
2: That's right. Following complaints from neighbors, a judge has ordered Brown to pay $500 a day because of his unusual setup, and it's also a violation of the city's zoning ordinances. $500? That's
0: a very random
2: a day. Figure. A For what? Day. Shining lights on people? Yes, and the tinfoil that he has wrapped in It's costing him $500 a day. day, yes. And to date, however, he has failed to comply because he doesn't want those pesky aliens around. And he now owes in excess of $20,000.
0: I bet the electricity board are pleased. I bet all the lights are dimming in the he street and people are care. saying Artie he, Brown's turning his lights on and off He's going
2: to be safe when
1: those aliens come around the bugger. Yes,
0: if the aliens land, we're all around to Artie Brown's That's house. The place will be packed. He'll That's never right. be so popular. I wonder
1: if you put the aluminum foil on shiny side in or out. I don't know.
0: I'll have to ask him. Let's get yes. him on the show, I say.
1: So does
2: his house stay cool or hot? Because wouldn't Depends that on repli- how he puts the
0: foil on. That, that is true, yes. Wouldn't that
2: reflect the sunlight? So
0: whatever's well, a shiny side to aluminum foil. You don't say aluminum, do you? you
2: yes, s- we do. You say alumini-
0: aluminum. Alum- aluminum.
2: Well, how do you say it? Aluminium. Yeah, there you
0: go. (laughs) Aluminium. I'm just shocked that I've sat here and said the American way of saying aluminum. You did. Live on air, I've become assimilated. Hurrah, I can apply for citizenship. (laughs) I know the lyrics to Sesame Street. I can light a grill. I say aluminum. I'm a citizen, I tell you.
1: I'm going to sit
0: down in a dark room with a wet flannel on my face. And Greg can take over. (laughs) Kim, what have you got for me tonight in the round of UFOs? Where's the dislike button? And cryptozoology. That's going to be on Facebook very shortly. I heard that. that. There will be one available. We need another button. We We need 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 a
2: bell. Where's the gong? We
0: need need the gong of (laughs) infinite knowledge is what we need.
1: Uh, Is a crashed UFO buried in the Antarctic snow? See for yourself as Google Maps coordinates go viral. If there is an alien crash site buried in the snow at South Pole, you can go on Google Maps and judge for yourself. One Russian UFO enthusiast spotted the possible remains of an alien craft and shared the coordinates online. The result has now gone viral as other conspiracy theorists check out the crash site for themselves using Google's free map software. Many people have dismissed the claim saying it's nothing more than a crack in the ice known as a crevice. It is definitely not a polar station nor a plane, as there aren't any airplanes or helicopters this big in the world. He is estimating the size of the object as roughly 204 feet across.
0: Roughly. It's roughly 204 feet across. <laughs> How can you be more precise?
1: <laughs> the frozen land of Antarctica covers 14 million square kilometers, or 5.4 million square miles, and many believe that if UFOs did land there, humans would never know. This isn't the first time E.T. hunters have seen things in the ice. Back in June, an unknown black mark caused the same kind of speculation from Mr. Degterov. Roughly 98% of Antarctica is covered by ice measuring 1.9 kilometers thick.
0: This is how The Thing starts, the film The Thing, isn't it? Yes. Do you remember? I think so. One of the things I will say, I remember covering a similar story. It did preface that at the end, reference that. And it looks like a big tear. It looks like a crevasse in the snow. The point is they've actually given the coordinates now. If you was Donald Trump, if you had billions and billions, would you just get a helicopter and go out there and have a look? That's what you'd end up doing, isn't it?
2: Mm-hmm. It
0: now has the coordinates, but it's in such a such a place that doesn't have you know. Greg's over my shoulder. I know,
2: I'm watching him.
0: Greg's got a drone up. He's going to look for it. (laughs) But, you know, this stuff's been seen on Google Earth. But ultimately, if you had enough money, you'd go out there and you would go and find it, wouldn't you? You'd have a look. So, you know, we need to find a billionaire who's willing to get a Chinook helicopter and go out there and have a look is where we are.
2: Is this the same continent that... They said Hitler was perceived to have some sort of a base or something like that.
0: He was interested in Antarctica, but he was interested in the occult and had stuff everywhere. I've seen Hellboy. I know what goes on. <laughs> this is true enough, I tell you. I
2: thought that was real, though. I'm what, not Hellboy? Saying... <laughs> What's wrong with you? No, but wasn't it? I, I could have swore that. There Hitler... is an
0: element in truth. In all of the things to do with the Nazis in terms of the occult, in terms of them trying to get supernatural powers on their side and, you know, Indiana Jones would be a good example. You saw in, you know, those films, mm-hmm. obviously that's fiction, but the Nazis were involved in wanting to find all of those, you know, artifacts, I guess you'd put Yeah, it the down.
2: spear so, that. Yeah, he
0: certainly promoted those and plowed a lot I of know. money and resources into those things. Things. Well, Greg is on one point. I'm currently in the lead with four. Heather is tied in second place with Kim on three points each. In the lyrics and the words of the reggae legend that is Johnny Nash, there are indeed more questions than answers. And the more I find out, the less I know, which means I'm probably less intelligent than when the show started. I'm your host, Adrian Lee, famous for being banned in Lithuania and for the annoying inability to say abominable snowman live on air welcome back for the second part of tonight's show if you've just joined us then where have you been and what could have been more important if you have stayed with me then let me raise your spirits further by saying that we still have 50 percent of the show still left to go hurrah and a happy dance all around the bedroom Remember, you can contact the show at any time via our Facebook site, More Questions and Answers with Adrian Lee. all of tonight's stories and much, much more can be found in glorious detail and technicolor for your perusal, including all the photographs and videos that accompany our stories. You can also write to me and send me your stories at mqta at rocketmail.com and my Twitter account is adrian underscore lee underscore Tips. I have now been handed a fresh cup of tea and the promise of cookies. I have fresh flashlight batteries. My mother has now thankfully stopped snoring from the room next door. So onwards, we march into the round that is strange and bizarre. It's the stories from around the world that are too strange, too bizarre not to read out in any other category. What have you got for me tonight, Heather, in the round of the strange and the bizarre?
2: I have an egg-shaped senior. An egg-shaped what? I have an egg-shaped senior who is wanted for a pepper spray robbery.
0: An egg-shaped senior? An old person? An old person in the shape of an egg. egg. So they had a blank expression? No. Okay, I'm just asking.
2: An egg-shaped senior who could be pushing 70 years old is one of two people wanted for allegedly breaking into a North End home, pepper spraying the occupants and robbing them, police say.
0: So, what happens when the police come along? What did the assailant look like, madam? He looked like an egg.
2: Are we talking about Yeah.
0: He looked like an egg. A country egg?
2: I uh, will get. Yes. Or a town egg? (laughs) An over easy one. (laughs) Is it a white egg
0: or a brown egg? Or are we talking a small bantam? Or are we talking a large hen here or a goose? I mean, you need more detail.
2: Officers were called to a home on Burlington Street between James North and Houston around 4pm on Monday.
0: So they do an identity lineup. The woman's standing behind the glass <laughs> where there's a row of eggs and there's an old man standing there. And she says, yes. I think it's number three. Definitely number three.
2: Yes, he's a little hard-boiled.
1: Look, got a crack too. Wow. Oh It's all coming yeah. out.
0: If you have any jokes about eggs and robbery, do write to me on nqt and we'll read them out in next week's show.
2: <laughs> According to the people who live in the home, the suspects, broken, chase them around the place firing pepper spray, And demanded cash and drugs, police say. One of the residents handed over a small amount of cash and the suspects took off. One of the people who lives in the home chased after them, only to be pepper sprayed again, police say.
0: So they weren't beaten?
2: No. Oh! I'm on fire! Oh, God! The suspects escaped the area. The three people who live in the home were treated for minor injuries. The first suspect is described as an egg-shaped white man. About six feet tall and 65 to 70 years old. That
0: would be one of those six-foot eggs that you read That's so much right. about. Yeah, I see. <laughs> Dinosaur eggs.
2: He has a gray beard, gray hair, and was wearing a light-colored Tilly-style hat. What is a Tilly-style hat?
0: Absolutely no idea. Just uh, because I'm gonna, British doesn't mean I know every aspect of British you culture. You should know. They're making that stuff up, the I tell The
2: second suspect is described as a white man with a beard and dark clothes who is around 20 to 30 years old. Who look and like has bacon. Bandage around one hand. <laughs> Oh my. Oh. Now, if any of you have any information, I'm guessing his name was Mr. Dumpty, first name Humpty, and you might find him on a wall.
0: I just wondered if the other guy was a one-armed <laughs> bandit. Didn't he have an arm bandaged up or? No, just me. Okay, uh. we moved.
2: <laughs> Humpty Dumpty.
0: Sat on a wall.
2: Humpty Dumpty.
0: Had a great fall.
2: All the king's horses?
0: And all the king's men had scrambled eggs on toast again. Now I see where we are. <laughs> vampire squirrel, blamed for slaying what? of deer. Finally caught on camera. There's a vampire squirrel, I tell you. <laughs> this mysterious mammal has evaded wildlife watches for years, but the blood-sucking vampire squirrel has finally been caught on camera. This sounds very 1950s Pathé News. It's very, I'm going to do this in an old English-British accent. Oh, this boy. mysterious mammal has evaded wildlife watchers for years, but the blood-sucking vampire squirrel has finally been caught on camera. The menacing bushy-tailed critter <laughs> looks like any ordinary squirrel. But comes with a fearsome personality. And don't be fooled by its pointed ears, brown body and a towel that is at least twice the size of the animal itself. It also has a set of sharp fangs that are designed to cause maximum damage. Rather than being a cute and cuddly creature, it is said to stalk the forests of Indonesia to hunt down deer. A squirrel bringing down deer.
2: That's hilarious. In
0: Indonesia. You wouldn't want to be on the end of that, would you? Must
2: be little deer.
0: Must be big squirrels. (laughs) An infrared camera caught sight of the 14-inch long rodent as it searched for food in the Gunung Pulang National Park in Indonesia. It looks relatively harmless in the clip, but this unrelenting deer hunter has an incredible way of catching its prey. The secretive squirrel, that's difficult to say. The secretive squirrel, which goes by the name, here we go, this is a name that's Latin, it has barely any syllables in it, but I'm going to give it a stab. Goes by the name of Rythros Sirius Marcrotis. Why so not known-
2: Sirius Macrotis, got it. <laughs>
0: <laughs> wow. <laughs> Is known to take a running jump from tree branches, landing squarely on the necks. Squirrely on the necks? <laughs> Squirrelly on the necks. It's leaping from the branches and bringing down deer by biting them in the neck. I don't believe it. And it has honed the skills to be able to target the monk jack deer by sinking its claws and its teeth into the animal's neck arteries before using its sharp fangs mm-hmm. to disembowel the
2: carcass. You didn't believe this, did you?
0: This is like the killer rabbit from Monty Python. Beware the killer rabbit. Like like bunicula. I have this story I think this is a BBC story It is on more questions and answers With Adrian on Facebook if you wish to look it up What's bright eyed and bushy tailed A squirrel on crystal meth It's all there I tell you <laughs> Kim What have you You're got for terrible, me in the round right? Terrible. This is the round of the strange and the bizarre And it does not it come more strange that... Or more bizarre
1: That's true The world's first head transplant is now set for 2017. We had a story a while back saying that they were saying they could now do this. Yes, with mice. story saying when.
0: Yes, there was a guy experimenting with mice and a staple gun. Hundreds and hundreds of mice. And hundreds of staples. This is true.
1: The controversial surgical procedure is set to be attempted on a human patient in December 2017. The key figure behind the experiment is Italian neurosurgeon Dr. Sergio Canavero who maintains that swapping the head of a donor with that of a living patient is now technically feasible. The recipient of the new body will be 30-year-old Valery Spiridonov, who suffers from a genetic muscle-wasting condition called Werdnig-Hoffman disease.
0: Well done. Points to be had.
1: (laughs) (laughs) When I realized that I could participate in something really big and important, I had no doubt left in my mind and started to work in this direction, he said. The only thing I feel is the sense of pleasant impatience like I have been preparing for something important all my life.
0: Can you get a head transplant card? Do you see what I mean? Carry it with you. Mm. Like, like a you donor organ. card. Yeah, I wish to donate my head. Make a nice face for someone.
2: Did you know that Michael Jackson wanted to have his head cryogenically frozen? But more. he didn't get the paperwork in in time?
0: <laughs> That's bureaucracy and red tape for you, isn't it? <laughs> to be fair, 90% of his face was plastic anyway, so he was half, <laughs> more more than halfway there. There you go.
1: <laughs> Plans to attempt the procedure, however, have been met with fierce criticism from the medical community given the extremely high likelihood that it will either kill Sporadinov or render him completely unable to move at all. According to Canavero's calculations, if everything goes to plan... Two years is the time frame needed to verify all scientific calculations and plan the procedure's details. It isn't a race. No doubt the surgery will be done once the doctor and the experts are 99% sure of its success.
0: It's all a bit Frankenstein, isn't it? It is. That's a bit creepy. I don't like. That's like the doll maker, isn't it? Is that the name of the guy from Batman?
1: I think so, Where yeah. Where he's taking
0: all the body parts and sewing them together. It's a bit grim, yeah. isn't it?
1: Well, Once this surgery happens, let's go back to the first round that we had where we discussed the definition of what is dead.
0: There we go. And also the psychological impact of seeing your deceased relative their head come back to life Mm -hmm. because there was a similar example that guy that had that face transplant i think it was in france Mm -hmm. you know the wife of the guy that donated the face could actually see his face or his sister and touched his face and that was her deceased brother Mm -hmm. I mean, it's all a bit ghoulish isn't it it's a little bit i mean fair play to the guy who's lost his face i mean you want him to have a nice life and to to recover but uh that's a full head transplant would be very odd wouldn't it
2: well, was it, was it Germany that was doing experiments? I thought I had actually seen video of yeah, you've the Yeah,
0: you've actually watched the film The Human Centipede, and you're getting confused. No, her, I aren't
2: didn't. You? you have swayed me away from that. Yes, don't ever it watch disgusting. that. That was the
0: worst two hours of my life. I have a story in the round of The Strange and the bizarre. It says medieval skeleton bursts out of the ground after centuries-old tree is ripped up by a storm. Archaeologists were stunned when the thousand-year-old skeleton of a young man was found among the roots of a tree ripped from the ground. Storms blew over the 215-year-old beech tree outside Kaluni, Sligo Island, unearthing a human skeleton. The National Monument Service commissioned Sligo Archaeological Consultancy Services to excavate and retrieve the badly disturbed remains. The burial was that of a man 17 to 20 years old and it's believed he suffered a violent death during the early medieval period. I don't think anyone suffered a normal death during the medieval period. It was always something terrible. The black death or having your intestines drawn out or some such thing. Radiocarbon dating puts the man's death at 1030 To 1200 AD, I'm that specific, isn't it? He died at 10:30. Several injuries were visible to the ribs and hands, probably inflicted by a knife. He'd been given a formal Christian burial, however. As the photos show, the lower leg bones remained in the grave, but the upper part of the body was entangled in the tree roots and was raised up into the air. This is shocking. It's like a puppet. So this tree's gone over the tree roots have grown through the body over the last thousand years. As the tree's gone over and the roots have popped up into the air, the body's literally hanging from the roots like a puppet. I've
2: seen that, It's grim. That it happened is.
0: recently, didn't it? There were some storms mm-hmm. come through here and various trees.
2: Oh, yeah, yeah. Ripped up the
0: crypts and everything. Mm-hmm. And that's why I never eat anything out of a graveyard. I've told you this before. In Britain, <laughs> you see pear, pear trees, <laughs> apple trees, wild berries, raspberries. There's people picking raspberries and eating them. And I'm thinking, I refuse to eat anything from a tree that's growing in a graveyard. Because you know where the roots are. You can see the roots going through the eye socket of the skull. You know they've got their roots in such good compost. You, if you eat an apple, that's an apple corpse smoothie, isn't it? If you're picking that from a graveyard tree, don't (laughs) witches do spells using fruits and using woods from the graveyard? Yew trees, for example, aren't wands made of yew because they grow in graveyards. This is true. I want to be a chicken psychic. I just thought I'd share that with you. Very random. I want to be someone who can cross the chicken over to the other side of the road. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> it's a choice, isn't it? We now sprint into the round that is not for your mother. This means that you have now found us on one of our archives. So, congratulations and pat yourself on the back. This is the round where you should remove your mother. If she's very tired. <laughs> of a delicate disposition if you have minors in the room small children people that are easily offended this is the stories from around the world that can't be read out live on air for fear of us getting a ten thousand dollar fine and being removed but are too fabulous not to read out Heather, what have you got for me tonight in the round of Not For Your Mother?
2: I got a soccer story.
0: A soccer story?
2: Yeah. Scottish soccer team instructs fans to bathe after body odor complaints. Wow. Well. Wow. But
0: it is Scotland after all.
2: <laughs> <laughs> soccer fans aren't always known for their civility. There are the big problems, mainly racism and violence. And then, what there's, soccer
0: games are you going to? Uh,
2: apparently, racism and violence in Scotland. Apparently, oh, this well, happens. Oh well, if in
0: Scotland, yeah, fair enough.
2: And then there's the problem being dealt with by the Scottish team, Celtic fan hygiene. Uh, while fans aren't expected to dress up in their Sunday best for games, they should at least, you know, shower.
0: It's Scotland, for Christ's sake. (laughs) This is a given. It's going to rain, there's going to be fried food, and they're going to be smelly. (laughs) It's the enemy, I tell you.
2: Those are the latest instructions being sent to fans by Celtic. The Independent reported Wednesday... The Glasgow club sent letters in late August to season ticket holders, reminding them to maintain an acceptable standard of personal hygiene. After receiving complaints about a particular supporter whose body odor was apparently so bad that it negatively affected the experiences of other fans in the main stand s- at
0: Celtic Park. How bad was she smell? Were it affected a affected, lot I mean, Celtic's ground... Is huge. There must be mm-hmm. 50,000 people in there. If you smell that bad, the that effect,
2: section D is section gone. Section D
0: of the upper <laughs> tier is—it's it's got biohazard tape around it as we speak. I like the fact they've got to write to everybody because they just can't single out an one individual. Person.
2: I think it's—I think it's that one.
0: <laughs> it's like being a school teacher where you are standing there on the stage in front of the whole class and saying. Well, we can't pick out any individuals, but it's very unhygienic to go around and stick your finger in people's ears. When you know full well, it was little they Johnny. They said that to you, didn't they? That never happened to me. I swear, I was <laughs> a good boy. It never happened on a Tuesday or any in mid-September. I don't recall any phantom ear plunging in the Tuesdays in mid-September of the 1970s. <laughs> I'm not quite sure where you're going with that. I was a very good little boy. I was. I did all my work. Did you
2: tell Sally sorry?
0: Who? What? Who's <laughs> Sally Sorry? I've no idea what you're talking about. Go on. Bear with me. I'm due back on planet Earth at any minute.
2: <laughs> After some thought the letter was a hoax, however, Celtics fan liaison officer John Paul Taylor confirmed the letter was real via now deleted tweet that read, I can exclusively reveal it's genuine dispatched at the request of incumbents within the locale. On Tuesday, Taylor answered a fan's question on Twitter about the problem and said, it's been dealt with. Celtic itself doesn't exactly stink. The team currently stands in second place in the Scottish Premiership, five points behind the leaders, Aberdeen, after seven games.
0: There you go. Celtic have dominated Scottish football for the last kind of 10 years. There's kind of only... Really? Absolutely. There's only one team up that is winning anything at the moment, and that's them. Hmm. They have wanted to join the English league for so many years now. Really? Because there's not enough quality teams in Scotland and they're winning they're running away with it. Why are you looking at me oddly? You worry me because strange...
2: I'm beating you.
0: Yes, we do have a fantasy soccer league <laughs> set up with uh, the members of more questions and answers and being the one person who's played semi-professional soccer and has studied soccer all their life and grew up with soccer and watched soccer matches live. Yes. And I'm working with a bunch of Americans who know nothing about it. I'm getting my ass kicked.
2: That's because I picked the cute ones.
0: There you go. And I, I, I go on the ones. Are you swigging out of the bottle again? What's yeah, wrong with you? Yeah. So uh, tell me, Heather, which ones have you picked? <laughs> <laughs> don't, don't spill that. That's got sugar in it. It'll go everywhere. I have a story here from Japan. It says City launches app to report dog poo. A city in Japan is trying to crack down on dogs fouling by asking people to take photographs of any canine mess they encounter and uploading the images to a new app. Poo selfies? That's pretty much where we are. Great. Lucky I didn't tread in it. The authorities (laughs) in Umesiano in central Osaka are trying out the new method after years of failed attempts to solve the city's dog mess problem. Locals are invited to post comments, post comments, this one's got nuts in it, detailing the scene alongside their photo submission. This one looks a little like Java. Well, this is where we go now, Modern Technology. It says this app uses GPS location data from their smartphones to create an interactive online map of where all the dog poo is in the city.
2: They had that in Florida. Kim did a story about it, didn't they? Mm-hmm. Yes. Random
0: random phantom dog but the story i did
1: wasn't for dogs no it was was for for people
0: we don't go and collect it right away when there's a post an official from the city's environmental and sanitation department tells the paper instead the map allows the authorities to keep track of problem areas and amend the patrol routes of the city's dedicated dog mess cleaning team known as the uncollected poop g-men i wonder what the g stands for you're looking at me and laughing. The G-Men was <laughs> set up in 2012 after a string of initiatives. Is this a poo-swat team? Of initiatives including fines and tax on dog owners who failed to solve the problems. Why are you laughing?
2: Because <laughs> I'm picturing stuff in my mind and it's hilarious.
0: <laughs> I just find it very odd. Do you remember the old days when you'd take photographs of your dinner with a single lens reflex camera, take it to the pharmacy Get all the film developed a week I never later, did that. and then Who show all your that? friends the dinner you've eaten. Nobody, nobody does that. <laughs> That's why I find it very odd now that people are taking pictures of their dinner and showing me on Facebook.
2: The nine inch?
0: Oh, it wasn't nine inches; it was fourteen inches. I measured it. <laughs> there was a was time
2: French fry. It was French fry, folks. <laughs> I
0: went to the country buffet. I've seen the biggest French fry I've ever seen in my life. <laughs> I didn't eat huge. it. Even the staff were amazed. Flabberg, May <laughs> I say... They came out to look. Their ghast was flabbered. <laughs> it was a 14-inch French fry. I took it home with me. I took photographs of it yes. next to a ruler. I was very proud. <laughs> and then I found out the world record was 32 inches.
2: Yes, it was...
0: So I ate it, I was very disappointed. Well, from French fries to Japanese dog poo. As well as dog fouling, the app can also be used to report roads which are in need of repair or damage caused by natural disasters. So far, it seems those issues are more pressing for local people. More pressing? You'd have thought natural disasters would be more pressing than dog poo. Who knew? All of the posts currently displayed on the map relate to potholes or pavements that need fixing. This reminds me. Whatever happened to White Dog Poo? Do you remember that? What happened to it? Where did it go? Or? Yes, I've got all their <laughs> albums. The third album was my favourite. You do not remember White Dog Poo. When I was a kid in Britain, there used to be White Dog Poo everywhere. I think it's because they now put things in their feed so they don't become, you know, what's the word I'm looking for? Anemic. There you go, anemic. White dog poo, I'm reminiscing. It reminds me of Charlie's Angels, the Partridge family, Pop Rocks, Bitter Honey, Frosty Root Beer and white dog poo. Just me. (laughs) Kim, what have you got for me in the round of Not For Your Mother?
2: I have a comment on your story. Go on. Okay, so they're taking pictures of the poo, yeah?
0: This is what I believe to be the facts, yes.
2: Yeah, what about the whole facial recognition thing? (laughs) Facial
0: record. Yes, I found six points of reference on this dog poo. I a
2: tag a friend. Tag a
0: friend. Wish you were here. Wow.
2: I'm sorry. Never There's going to be
0: a website somewhere. There's going to the be poo. a website. Yeah, dog poo. <laughs> I was thinking if you had an app and you was walking around, when you do a GPS, it tells you, doesn't it, whether you want to walk, whether you're cycling, you know, where you're getting a map to go somewhere, whether you're in the car. If you're walking, you know, it could pick out. Your GPS has the ability to guide you down different paths if there's a traffic jam up ahead. It will tell you before you get there, the traffic's dense, you need to come off right, here, right. you need to go off there. What about if you're walking around the park and it says do a left here and it's trying to, you know, so you don't hit Steer need the... you
2: around the pool. Yes,
0: you don't hit the hot spots. Do you see what I'm saying?
2: <laughs> poo alley.
0: Poo alley, yes.
2: That reminds me of something else. Oh, here we go. No, you're talking about GPS, and this is just kind of a random thought that I thought of. <laughs>
0: uh, <laughs> Don't tell me. Was it random by any chance?
2: Okay.
0: So you had a random thought that you thought of. We all and experienced it, was, it, though. I've uh, not experienced Japanese we dog We went poop. out
2: to the Loon Lake Cemetery, and we ran across a couple, and they were doing something that I had never heard of before. Is it
0: geocaching?
2: Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Can you explain people what that is? Not
0: a clue. Your story, you tell them. Uh, no, it, you get coordinates, and right. you have to look for a specific object. Like and a- normally, when you find it, there's things inside it. There's like gifts, and you can swap things, and there's notes and stuff like that. And it was in the. It was in the cemetery there was a couple looking for it hidden in the cemetery i wouldn't want to go digging around a pioneer cemetery by the way look i found a bone put <laughs> it back
2: true. that's true but it's like a little seek and find type of thing that's right there are a lot it? of
0: people that are involved in this yeah, i've never it's like done a it private it's,
2: club type thing it's isn't very it? popular yeah. when when they
0: found the little supperware box that was hidden in the cemetery i did put my business card in this so if anyone is roaming around Lou Lake Cemetery in the bottom southwest corner of Jackson County. And they
2: find a There is some geocaching
0: in there. Yeah. And that's the cemetery where the alleged witch is buried. So I think that's it's true. called the Witches' Cemetery Geocache or something along those lines. This is true. You're suggesting we do this with dog poo? <laughs> Look, I found, I found a white poo. one. Yes, I found a white one. I found a white one. Stick your business card and in, in it, it. There you go. Magic. Everybody's happy. Kim, pray to God you haven't got a dog poo story.
1: No, I don't. Woman fondles strangers, breaks into
0: homes, say police. She breaks into their home and fondles strangers. (laughs) No, reverse order. She breaks into strangers and fondles their home.
1: (laughs) (laughs) A Spartanburg woman faces charges after police say she walked into a store on South Church Street and started fondling customers and asking them for money.
0: There you go. Oh, we've got cold hands.
1: <laughs> Police say Anetta Bruton refused to leave and pulled her pants down, feeling wow. her genitals and saying <laughs> vulgar slurs. Yeah, genitals.
0: Vulgar what? <laughs>
1: Bruton then ran down the street and walked into an elderly woman's home where she locked the door and sat on the couch and insisted they play cards.
0: <laughs> oh, hello, dear. Would you like a cup of tea? That happened to my grandmother. My grandmother. Somebody th- broke
1: in and <laughs> said well, play cards? Yes.
0: I know it's very random, but it's true. She won $2.35 playing Jim Rummy. My, my grandmother came from a – my grandmother, God bless her, died in 1997. And towards the end of her life, she had a bit of dementia. You know, she was not quite, you know, with the theme. So I went round there and surprised her one day. I'd have to go round and visit my grandmother if I was in the area. And I don't bother to knock on the door. The door's always open, right? My grandmother grew up in a time where you just left your door open. So I walked in. And there's my grandmother. And she says, oh, hello, come in, have a cup of tea. I'm sat there. I'm having a cup of tea, having a piece of cake. 20 minutes in, she's like, are you the window cleaner? So she didn't even know who I was. She was giving me tea and cake. <laughs> Did you do the windows? Yeah, I rubbed him around with a rag, charged <laughs> her $10, and I was off for the day. Everyone was happy.
1: <laughs> Officers say they later found her sitting on the woman's toilet using foul language and demanding the police leave. Bruton was eventually arrested and escorted out of the home. Bruton also kicked out the back window of a police car, according to the report. She is charged with disorderly conduct and destruction of city
0: property. That's not good news. There was a woman who was an actress in Star Trek this week who also exposed herself to some children. She was in the Voyager series. I'm not quite sure of the actress's name. Mm. I didn't bring the story with me. But that seems to be a common theme this week. Clash Yes, apparently so. Heather, what have you got for me to end the round tonight of Not For Your Mother?
2: Chinese sperm banks using iPhone 6S to attract donors. This is happening in Shanghai, folks. A Chinese sperm bank is attempting to draw donors in with the promise of funds for one of the country's most hotly anticipated items, the iPhone 6S. What do you have, Kim? iPhone 6S. Nice.
0: There must be a joke there to do with the Chinese and sperm. There's be, there'll be one in there somewhere. Before the end of this story, there will be a joke. <laughs> Keep thinking. I will, I will work on it.
2: Renji Hospital in Shanghai is advertising online that donors who pass the health examination and make regular sperm donations can earn up to $940, more than enough to purchase an iPhone 6X, which starts at $649.
0: So if you make a large deposit, you can afford one. Nice, nice.
2: (laughs) No need to sell your kidneys. You can easily have a 6S, the hospital said in an online post referencing reports of Chinese men selling their kidneys to raise iPhone money. That's ridiculous. Ridiculous. The Changing Times reports other Chinese sperm banks, including the Hubei province sperm bank, have been using the iPhone 6S in promotional materials to attract donors. Bearing in
0: mind this is the most overpopulated country in the whole world. And two thirds of the world's population.
2: Apparently they need sperm. A Chinese They need sperm. Okay And they don't have a lot of women if I remember correctly, right? They get rid of the little women babies.
0: It is more common in their culture to want male firstborn because there's a tax levied on you if you have more than one child and uh,
2: they want to keep the mail right they want to
0: keep the mail right is true
2: a chinese iphone customers have made headlines in the past for the links they are willing to go to raise money in fact a shanghai student advertised last year that he was willing to rent out his girlfriend for an iphone 6 but he specified no funny business would be
0: allowed and funny businesses in quotes Thank you wow. very much. I went to a Chinese sperm bank and looked for a man called Arpong. Pong. I said, are you R. Pong? He says, yes, well, are Pong to 11. <laughs> <laughs> good times. <laughs> well, all good things come to an end. So let us look at tonight's scores. In last place with the K2 meter and the dead battery, it is Greg on one point who did deliver the James Bond film I couldn't think of. And in second place, tied is Heather and Kim, both on five. I am in the lead on six points tonight, and I win the $33,000. ir camera do not fear listeners remember we are back with a whole new bunch of stories next week at the same time and i would love for you to join me for a fun and informative journey through the world of the paranormal strange intriguing bizarre and weird please tell your friends and family about the show and feel free to contact me anytime via my facebook site more questions and answers with adrian lee you can also join my twitter account at adrian underscore lee underscore tips and if you wish to access another 20 to 25 minutes of the show you can go to our archives if you go to soundcloud.com and type in MQTA radio you will find all of our shows for the last three years and we do have a round that we're now going to do at the end of this show that can't be heard live on air a round called not for your mother so if you're interested in hearing those extras they will be in our archives my gratitude and greatest thanks are extended to lorna hunter heather morrisher tondrainer kim and greg gore and all of the international paranormal society int which is by the way the website you need to go to to look at our events and what we've got coming up over the october and november period that's int int paranormal.net and all of the show sponsors including the lakes area paranormal interest group and move on of minnesota It just remains for me to say thank you for listening and remember, be interested and interesting. Good night.